The Pitch Sider. Pitch side for every game. Hello and welcome back to the Pitch Sider podcast. Hope you are very well. And um, what a weekend we've had of sport in general. Um, we've had the AFCON final. Uh, we've also had thrilling games from the Premier League. New cards to be introduced potentially in during this season. As well as if you are an NFL fan, the Super Bowl, um, which was last night, if you stayed up to watch it. Um, if you do want to see coverage of that, please check out the Pitch Rider NFL podcast and Instagram page. Um, and yeah, you'll find that in our Instagram page. Also, um, yeah, there's been a lot of games as well. Um, some big games of this season. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, and yeah, let's see where this ends up. So first we want to talk about a new rule that's coming in to the um, Premier League and other leagues. Um, it potentially is this blue card. You've probably seen reports of it around. Um, so it's kind of acts as if like an alternative to the yellow card, um, whereas the um, if the player does get a blue card, they will um, basically get a sin bin. Um, so the new card will see players removed from the field for 10 minutes if they do commit a cynical foul or show dissent. This also has sort of become with a lot of criticism and a lot of people aren't happy about this. It is going to be, it could be trialled in next season's FA Cup games and footballers can be shown a blue card and sent to sin bins for dissent and cynical fouls under player. Plans unrevealed by the body that decides the laws of the game. Sitting alongside the current yellow and red cards, a blue card will result, result in a player being removed from the field at risk of muddying their palette. There's also the possibility of mixed cards. So if a player does return from the bin and receives another blue card, they would be also shown a red card, which is permanent dismissal from the game. And also a combination of one blue card and one yellow card, meanwhile, also will result in a red card. It also does mean that if you do get two yellow cards, you also will get a red. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this sort of fits in, um, how often this does come in. Um, one pundit has made out that we like to see games where it's 11 versus 11. Um, and we pay for this, so we don't want to be seeing um, players sin bins. But it could also add a bit of spice into the game. Um, it might also get rid of sort of dissent in the game as well. So if people are missing for 10 minutes, that's a big proportion. It's one ninth of a game. And yeah, it could have a big impact on the game, especially if the momentum switches. Um, yeah, and it could have, so could play, a team could go down to 10 men for 10 minutes whereas the team could go 11. Uh, you probably see a lot smaller teams a bit more upset with this. Um, so normally, we see in the bigger games, some of these players do get sort of sent off from, going to use an example, maybe Man City versus Burnley. So if Burnley get a player sent off, they've then got 10 men against a 11-man City more likely to win the game. Um, so it does sometimes favour the big teams, but it could also turn the tides. Um, so a smaller team... If they do face a team that has 10 men for 10 minutes, it could lead them to more likely getting a goal and securing points, especially in maybe an FA Cup game. It could promote better um, sort of 
chances for a smaller team, maybe someone like Maidstone United, to get further into the competition than they already are. So yeah, let us know your thoughts on this. Um, from the pitch artist's view, I'm not overly pleased with it. Um, I mean, I don't. We want to get the sense out of it. Um, if anything, it kind of needs to be in between. Sort of that for me, it needs to have clear defined rules what it's going to be used for. And for me, I think it should be a card that's sort of in between the yellow and the red, um, almost like an orange card, um, where the players maybe get the 10-minute sin bin, um, but if they do, um, but this is only for a minute, so, or a fence that isn't a yellow card, but isn't harsh enough for a red card, so this would be very limited. Um, and maybe this is decided by a like different referee or a committee of referees, I don't know. Um, obviously adding another complication into sort of this mix, especially if the Premier League and VAR, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes on. Um, finally, we want to also talk about the AFCON. Um, so the AFCON trophy, um, the final was played yesterday um, between Nigeria and um, Ivory Coast. Uh, Nigeria went 1-0 up um, through a header um, from Trosti Kone in the 38th minute and went in 1-0 half-time. Ivory Coast came out in the second half with Kessie scoring a, um, another corner header um, in the 82th minute. And then um, Sebastian Haller, sort of the story from this game, um, obviously diagnosed with cancer 18 months ago, um, has now come back to win his country at the AFCON final. Um, so it's the first time they've won it since 2015, nine years ago. Um, so Sebastian Haller was a hero for Ivory Coast against the Elephants, came from behind to beat Nigeria and won the AFCON 23 final on home soil. The striker who netted in the semi-final winner just 13 months from his return from cancer and flicked uh, Simon Andouli's cross with his two of his bow um, with nine minutes remaining to compete in the second half and what and did wild celebrations. Um, bit of a remarkable story from Nigeria and they finished third in their group um, with one win and they actually lost Nigeria in their group so they went through on a sort of a best third place team um, and they also sacked their manager halfway through the tournament as well um, just after the group stages got a new manager got a new manager in um, and then yeah went on a winning streak um, only really scoring like one or two goals per game um, and yeah coming up against the Nigerian team that was stacked with Lukman and Osman up front. It's definitely a uh, thrilling story and probably one of the better finals of this competition for many years to come. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, do go and drop this a watch. So let's now move on to English football and specifically the FA Cup and the Premier League. So we've had the fourth round replays, um, so we won't go into too much detail here. But Coventry played Sheffield United winning this 4-1. Leeds beat Plymouth Argyle 4-1. Southampton beat Watford 3-0. On Wednesday, Nottingham Forest beat Bristol, drew to Bristol City, but Forest won this on penalties 5-3. And Chelsea surprisingly beat Aston Villa 3-1. Uh, at Villa Park, um, leading them to go to Leeds in the next round. Um, so yeah, in the Premier League, um, 
we had Manchester City versus Everton. Man City won this 2-0. Fulham beat Bournemouth 3-1. Liverpool beat Burnley 3-1. Sheffield beat Luton 3-1. Tottenham beat Brighton 2-1. Brentford beat Wolves 2-0. And Newcastle beat Forest 3-2. Arsenal beat West Ham 6-0. And Manchester United versus Villa ended 2-1 to United. Um, as of recording this and when this goes out, Chelsea do play Crystal Palace and going for a Chelsea 2-0 here. Um, so if Chelsea do win this as well, um, this is the they have got 13 wins in all competitions against Palace, sort of back-to-back. Um, so this would be a record against Palace. Um, so yeah, let's see if Chelsea can break this record. Um, so having a look at the table in the Premier League, Liverpool remain top of the Premier League with 54 points. So looking at the Premier League table, Liverpool are top with 54 points. Man City are second with 52 points, but do have a game in hand. So if they do win this, they will go top. Arsenal are in second, a third with 52 points as well. Only difference between these two is the goals for. Um, and Tottenham sit in fourth with 47 points, five points adrift from the top three. So can you class them out of the title race? Let us know. Um, Villa sit in fifth with 46 points and they have dropped down in the table. Manchester City sit um, sixth and Newcastle sit seventh with West, West Ham, Brighton and Wolves making up the top 10. Um, Chelsea do sit 11th. They can move up. To 10th if they do get the win over Palace. Um, it is kind of a must-win game for them. Um, so if they do get the three points, they'll still be in the mix. So they'll be on 34 points. So they're only really two points off seventh place, where Chelsea really want to be at the end of the season. Um, so they do need to win this game, especially with Man City coming up next. Um, City are the best team in form at the moment, so they do need to get a decent win here. Um, and then get some points against City, if possible, get a draw. Um, it looks unlikely that Chelsea actually will get the win, um, but you never know in football. Fulham set in 12th with Bournemouth, Brentford, Palace making up the top 15. With Nottingham Forest and Luton out of the relegation zone, Everton are on 19 points, with Burnley on 13, and Sheffield managed to get a win this weekend, so this moves them up to 13. They still sit, sit bottom of the table on Goal difference, but they are now level on points with Burnley, which is important. But both Burnley and Sheffield need to make up points to move them up the table if they do wish to stay in the Premier League, um, which at this moment in the season looks very unlikely as we have just gone past the halfway point. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, let us know who you think are going to win the title. Um, obviously, you've got Liverpool, Arsenal and City. And my money is on City winning this again, but Liverpool do are in very good form. So are Arsenal. Um, and yeah, both teams um, definitely sort of are within the shell. Um, probably the closest we've had it for a couple of seasons. I know we say this for most seasons, but we've definitely got three teams. Um, if Tottenham can start clawing back some points and maybe some Villa as well, um, we could see very tight end to the season, especially if sort of Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City all do drop points. Um, so yeah, definitely interesting to see. But City sort of go into their sort of a different gear compared to every team this season. So 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Arsenal putting a statement on with their 6-0 win um, against the 6-0 win this weekend. Uh, definitely was a show of force. Uh, definitely good to keep them in the mix with sort of their goal difference. Um, definitely pumped this up against City. Um, they would have still been third, but yeah, and they're now only three points, three goals away from actually scoring the same amount of goals. Um, they've actually got the best defence in the league at the moment. Um, so yeah, interesting to see where this will go at the end of the season. Moving on to Europe, um, and let's go through some of the games from this weekend um, and then go through the tables. So on Friday in La Liga, Real Betis beat Salta Vigo 2-0. Borussia Dortmund beat Freiburg 3-0. And Empora beat Salentina 3-1. And Marseille and Metz uh, was one all. On Saturday um, in La Liga, Villarreal and Ours was one all. Osuale and Real Sociedad was one all. Real Madrid beat Granoa 4-0. And does this now mean that Real Madrid have won the title? Las Palmas beat Valencia 2-0. Union Berlin beat Wolfsburg 1-0. Borussia Dortmund, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Damsburg was 0-0. Bochum and Frankfurt was 1-0. FC Augsburg and RB Leipzig was 2-0. Or 2-0. Werder Bremen lost to Hoffenheim 2-1. And Bayern Munich lost to Bayer Leverkusen 3-0. So does that now mean Bayer Leverkusen are now likely to win the title? In Serie A, Lazio beat Calaragui 3-1. Inter Milan beat Roma 4-2. And Sassuolo beat Turin, Adruta Turin 1-0. Lenz beat Strasbourg 3-1. And PSG beat Lille 3-1. Finally, on Sunday, in the Liga, uh, Getafe beat Celta Vigo 3-2. Mallorca beat Ralph Vicano 2-1. Sevilla beat Atletico Madrid 1-0. Barcelona and Grandia was 3-0. Stuttgart and Mainz. Uh, Stuttgart won this 3-0 and Hoffman and Cologne drew one all in Syria. Flencia beat Franza 5-1. Bologna beat Lentz 4-0. Mainz and Hellas Verona was 0-0. Atalanta beat Granoa 4-1. And AC Milan and Napoli. AC Milan is 1-0. Rennes beat La Havre 1-0. Cologne beat Brest. Drew to Brest 1-0. Lorient beat Rems. 2-0. Nantes beat Toulouse 2-1. Lyon beat Montpellier 2-1. And Monaco beat Nice 3-2. And as we're recording this, um, Almera and Atletico Bilbao to play Juventus versus Udinese are to play as well. So having a look at the La Liga table, um, Real Madrid now have a 5-point lead on Granoa. Um, who sits second? Barcelona sit third with four five point gap between them and Granoa in second. And Atletico Madrid are sitting fourth with Bilbao in fifth and Real Betis in sixth. Salteri, Granada, and Almera sit in the relegation zone with Almera looking likely they are going to go into Liga Liga 2. In Liga 1. PSG are now top with 11-point gap between them. They are now very, very likely to win the league, followed by Nice, Monaco and Brest with Lille and Lens. Lyon, Metz and 
Clermont are all in the relegation zone, but it is very tight. All sort of three points separating them and 15th of Montpellier. In Syria, Inter Milan now have a seven-point lead, followed by Juventus, who do have a game in hand. Um, Ace Milan sit in third with Atlanta in fourth. Bologna and Roma make up the sort of uh, rest of Europe, and Hellas Verona, Caragri and Centenary all are in the relegation zone. But again, between Caragri and Hellas Verona is very tight with them with Udinese and Sassuolo. And finally, in the Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen now have a five-point gap between them and Bayern Munich. Stuttgart and Borussia Dortmund make up the rest of the top top four, um, but they look struggling to challenge the top two teams in the league. RB Leipzig and Frankfurt um, Lee make up the sort of Europe spots, followed by Cologne, Mainz, and Damsburg. Um, so yeah, this is going to be interesting. Question, if by, by Leverkusen, if they win the league, do you believe Xavi Alonso will stay or will he take the Liverpool job? It'd be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, Bayern Munich need to step up their game if they are to win a trophy this season. So this week, we also see the return of the Champions League with the round of 16. So we will be covering that next week. Um, but some of the news from Europe, um, teenager Winger um, Yama scores twice as Barcelona are held. Um, injured Berlin, Bellingham is set to miss the RB Leipzig tie. Um, could this mean that um, he is likely to miss the England games coming up? It depends on how long he is out for. PSG um, beat Lille to move 11 points clear of League 1. Again, Leverkusen are five points clear after beating Bayern Munich. Um, Celta Vigo fans throw ponchos onto the pitch in protest um, during their loss to Real Betis. Real, they beat, um, thanks to goals to William Jose and Pablo Franz on his first goal since moving to the club from West Ham. Um, yeah, and this this is a big loss for Carragher as they are in relegation and their fans are sort of protesting. Um, but they're still in with a shout to beat Mallorca. Um, Kane is chasing team trophies as Bayern eyes top spot, but unfortunately they lost. Um, Brighton have also signed Gadare teenager winger Osman for sixteen million. He was linked to um, West Ham, um, but unfortunately this fell through. Um, so now he will join them from the, he will now join Brighton from the Dutch side in the summer. So yeah, so that rounds up this week's podcast. Um, hope you've enjoyed. Let us know what you think of some of the stories that we've mentioned, especially around the blue card. Um, and yeah, hope you really enjoyed and look forward to seeing you next week when we've got the return of the Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League um, from the round of 16s. So have a good week and thank you for listening and goodbye. For all the latest news, transfers and football articles, check out thepitchsider.com. It's the place to be. Contact us on our socials. Instagram and Twitter is at The Pitch Cider. Or via email is thepitchsider at hotmail.com.